How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to Citywide Blackout, your home for music, movies, and more. I am your host, Max Bowen. In this episode, we are heading back to Boston once more, and this time it's a double dose of local artists. First up, I'm talking to Linda Marks for her upcoming triple album release show happening on August 1st at The Burn in Somerville, one of my favorite places for shows. Now, this past year and a half was especially hard for Linda as she was near completion of two different albums just as everything closed down. We talk about how she was able to get them done and her soon-to-be-released 10th album, Monuments of Love. Now, a lot of the music is actually inspired by the last year and a half, and we look at the different stories she tells and the inspirations for all the songs. Welcome back, everyone, to Citywide Blackout. We're doing something new, actually. We haven't done this in a little while. We're doing the live stream again. I am joined once again by Boston-based singer-songwriter Linda Marks. Linda, welcome back. It's been a little while. Yeah, it has been a while. There's been a pandemic in between, and it's wonderful to be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's been, a, it's been a weird past couple of years, and certainly the, uh, this has certainly had an impact on you because. Uh, you told me that uh, that like right when this happened, you were still in the midst of finishing up two albums, but you actually managed to do that and also yes. make a third album. And you're yes. going to be releasing everything on August 1st at The Burn, yep. one of my favorite places to go for a live show. Yes, yep. indeed. Yeah, all three of them, they're going to be available. There's the brand new one that's being released August 1st. That's so. right. Monuments of Love. It's a, great, it's a great album, folks. I definitely recommend checking it out once it's out there. Um, but let's start first about, the, uh, let's start first with the new album. How did you go about making this during the pandemic when everything was just like closed down? Yes. Well, it was, it was quite a challenge because the studio closed at the beginning of March of 2020 and my two 2020 albums, one needed just like two more tracks to be completely done and the other was 75% done. So I sort of went into paralysis from March to July, wondering when the studio was going to open. <clears throat> and by July, it was very clear that it wasn't going to open at all, <laughs> not in 2020. So um, my sound engineer, Doug Hammer, and I started to learn how to work virtually, which was not something I planned on, but we had to do it. And the reason that Monuments of Love could be made, because I didn't have any of my reference tracks made for that, all of those songs I wrote during the pandemic. Um, uh, I have a, a friend, Andy Daigle, um, and he had a studio, and he and his wife, Judy, they're Andy and Judy, they're also a singer-songwriter act. They were good enough to let me record my reference tracks in their studio in Bridgewater. So once I had the reference tracks, then Doug and I could start editing things that other musicians recorded remotely. So this is the first album I've done where none of the tracks were done in the recording studio. Everything had to be done remotely. And actually, my saxophonist needed to go to Andy's studio after everyone was vaccinated to do his saxophone tracks because we had tried to record him for my other albums, the 2020, and it didn't work as well without having a recording studio. So some instruments work better remotely. Others have a hard time. So the long and short of it is I'm very grateful to Andy because if I couldn't go into a recording studio to do the reference tracks, it would have been impossible to do that album. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that this year, I think, forced a lot of folks to learn a lot in ju yeah. um, just, so that they can, just so that they could continue like making the art, whether it's uh, writing, music, comics, what have you. What would you say was the hardest part about this? What was like the most difficult thing about 
having to go remote for your music? Well, there were a number of things. It was it forced me to do things with technology that I would have never wanted to do. But the other thing that was really hard is that I couldn't play with anybody else. I've been doing a live stream called Songs from the Heart, Meditations for the Heart every Sunday. And this is the 71st Sunday. This Sunday is week 71 of the live stream, which I never in a million years would have imagined. So I've been sitting here at my upright piano playing to people all over the world. And so it was very hard to have to say, okay, it's me in front of an upright piano. I can't see anybody. I can't have the interaction of a live concert and I can't play with any of my musical friends and colleagues. So I think those were hard pieces. And then the other hard piece was not being able to be in the studio. It's, it's very different. Doug has this phenomenal Schimmel piano. That's like a dream piano and I'm a piano player. I couldn't work on that. You know, I had to actually use a keyboard and have the sounds in the studio made into a piano rather than um, have a real piano. So there were a lot of getting used to of things that were familiar, comfortable and preferred. And on the upside, I learned to be creative and make do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned on the live streams and I know for like uh, for like a lot of folks being able to just like do that, being able to uh, to just um, uh, tune in for these things was a huge experience. But um, uh, what did it uh, do for you being able to just like get out there and play, even if it was just like on your phone? Well, it, I have two live streams that I've done just about every week, you know, for now going on 71 weeks, a Tuesday night and a Sunday night. And what it did is it allowed me to make some sort of contribution to uplift people. The one I do on Sunday night in particular, people from all over the world have found their way to the live stream. I have some friends in Australia now as a result of the live stream. And a lot of people were just saying, thank you for doing something uplifting. So when I realized that by doing the live stream, it was a way to just give people emotional and spiritual nourishment and make them feel less alone through music, then that became my joy. Mm. And actually one other thing that was very powerful is I wrote a song called Prayers, which is on monuments of love. And I wrote it in April, 2020, when a very close friend of mine, whose name is Bob DeChico, went into the ICU onto a ventilator with a bad case of COVID. And it was incredibly scary. He's a real COVID hero. And after a month in the ICU and three more weeks in the hospital with double pneumonia, a blood clot in his legs and having to come off a feeding tube and 100 days in rehab, he finally went home and started to recuperate. And he's actually now starting to sing again. But what I found is that through the, the live streams, I could ask people to please bring their prayers, please bring healing energy towards Bob. And it was quite beautiful to have that kind of community ritual, something that, you know, in real life, you can get a group of people to sing and to do something together. But the live stream gave me a vehicle to support Bob and over time, other people whose lives were being deeply impacted by COVID. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I'm really, um, I'm really uh, glad to hear that your friend is like, you know, on the men and playing again, like reading the story about him, it was brutal. So like, you know, and I really think it really points to just how serious this was. So anyone who thinks, oh, it's just the cold, it's the no. flu, it's so much, so much worse than no. that. And no. And unfortunately, a colleague of mine with whom I started a state professional association in my other profession died of it. And um, a man from Rhode Island who is very deeply involved in the music community, whose daughter is a singer-songwriter, he died of it. 
One of my best friends from college who's a professional flautist is a long hauler, and she may never be able to play flute again because of what it's done to her lungs and her energy. It's it's just, I sadly, I know too many people where COVID has had a really, really detrimental, devastating impact on their lives. So yeah, it's a really big deal. And now as Delta starts to surge, you know, I, I tend to be on the conservative side where much as I'd love to be doing all kinds of things I did before the pandemic, I still take my time because I don't want it and I don't want to give it to anybody. I don't want anyone I care about to get it. And mm-hmm. the pandemic sadly is not over yet. Exactly. Yeah. Like a lot, I've heard that from a lot of folks who said, oh, you know, pandemic's over. I'm thinking, no, it's, it's not guys. It's, it's getting there. It's getting there, but it's not over yet. So let's be, be you know, be careful, get your shots, yeah. you know, all those all like the good stuff. Keep doing it. Listen to Fauci. He's right. The end. Um, yes. And um, but let's uh, go back to when all this started. Um, mm-hmm. Your situation, you mentioned the albums were nearing completion, but were you did you have like all these um, uh, shows planned, tours, things uh, like that? Absolutely. Yeah. I, that, it's, it's hard to even remember that because I was playing out anywhere from three to, to five nights a week and it was wonderful and I loved it and everything got canceled. Absolutely everything. I also ran a live house concert series out of my home once a month called the music salon. I had been running it for over six years and I was booked into 2022. You know, people wanted to play and people loved to come. I built a following that went out the window. And at this point I have no idea when it will be safe enough to resume that not before 2022. So Yes, every gig went out the window, you know, different songwriter series I was part of, even the major conference here in the Northeast region for singer-songwriters called Nerfa was canceled. Everything just went out the window. So that was a big shocker. Mm-hmm. Was it like everything getting canceled at once or was it more like, okay, this is canceled tomorrow, that's canceled tomorrow, that's canceled? What happened is initially, because I remember having to make some of the decisions for some of the the shows, in early March, things were starting to get canceled, and we were sort of hoping that by the end of 2020, maybe it would be better. But as the pandemic got worse and worse and worse, it became clear that everything was being cleared, and no one had a clue of when we could reschedule it for. So at the beginning, I'd say it was being canceled bit by bit, maybe looking at the next couple months. But by the summer, everything was canceled indefinitely with no ability to know when it would be safe to do it. Just like I had um, at the end in November last year, November 25th was when Songs at the Heart of Life was supposed to come out. So I was planning to do a double release show at the Burren and I had the date in November. Clearly that went out the window um, as did everything because the Burren, Club Passim, all the wonderful venues had to close and had no ability to open until we reached phase four of the COVID recovery plan. So this is what happened. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and um, I can recall when this was first happening, folks were canceling all their shows for like March and April, you know, mm-hmm. most saying we just want to be careful, but we'll see you guys in May. So I think, I think like back then we had that kind of mindset. We thought, okay, maybe it'll be like a few months. We'll see you guys in like the summertime or something like that. And then as it just progressed and got worse and worse, you re- we all realized, yeah, this is a long haul sort of thing. Yeah. This is like, maybe next year we'll see each other. And here we are next year seeing each other. I know. 
Exactly. Exactly. So it's been about, you know, 16 months since the world shut down now. And even though this summer there's the ability to do more than last summer, there really isn't the ability to do everything. And just even my show on August 1st at the Burren, which I'm really excited about, the Burren is doing limited seating to keep people COVID safe, you know, which God bless them. And sadly, I know some people that are afraid to go inside to a restaurant, you know, so um, not everybody who wants to go to a live show in a club is even feeling safe enough to go. And with the Delta variant, more people are afraid to do anything. So even with the clubs opening up and starting to do live music with COVID safety, it's not like the way it was before the pandemic. No, definitely not. But how does it feel to be going back on stage to be, to like once yeah. again, be on the stage and playing for people in, in the, in the, uh, the same room? It's very exciting. I had a live gig in June outside at the Armory um, with three other singer-songwriters who I've done shows with before, and that was my first live gig at all. And it was amazing what it felt like to be on a stage, to have real people, to be... I wasn't performing with my band like I am on August 1st, but, but three close friends, singer-songwriter colleagues who have done shows with were there, and one of them is someone I work with, so he actually did a duet with me. And it was like the first time I performed with another musician in forever. So it's it was joyful to do that. But to actually get to play arrangements with my fellow musicians at the Burren, which I love dearly, where I was doing a lot of shows before the pandemic, that's very exciting. Oh, yeah. I, I absolutely love the Burren. I think it's that wonderful combination of it's easy to get to, the food's amazing, yes. and the music is always a top notch. So what can right. folks expect at the show? Oh, first of all, to have an incredibly uplifting time. I have a fantastic team of musicians playing with me. And on my album, I have a fantastic team, but not all of them live in New England and can commute here. Like Steve Latinasian, my pedal steel player is in Florida. So unfortunately, he can't just pop up to the burn on August 1st. But um, playing with me are Andy and Judy. Um, They're wonderful, wonderful people and good friends. And we're all in a songwriter circle together. And I have Mark Bishop Evans. He and I have played together as a duo and a trio with Jackie Damsky on violin, and she's going to be there as well. And Valerie Thompson, who's a phenomenal cellist. So that's my core band, but we're having a really fun special section that's a little more jazzy. And so instead of having my core band, I'm going to have Dave Birkin, my saxophonist, who's played on all my albums, Joe Saborin, who's wonderful on jazz guitar. And I'm even having Tom Bianchi play a couple songs on bass to just pay tribute to him. So we have a couple songs in the middle of the show that are going to be a little bit different. And I'm also going to have Andy and Judy do a song from their album as well. So it's a celebration of musical community. The show is going to open with poet Beatrice Alba, who loves to come with me to some of my events. Like when I had the house concert, she'd like to open the evening with a poem. So it's like, why not bring her to the Burren? And a really exciting moment is Bob DeChico is going to be there. And finally, in person, we're going to get to do prayers, the song written for and dedicated to him with him in the room. So there's going to be it's going to be very powerful. And the last two songs to close the show, um, Prayers is one of them. And another song, which is actually going to be on my 2021 album, um, Home, which is coming out November 25th. I wrote enough songs during the pandemic for two albums, which is quite amazing. So anyhow, there's a song called Be the Light, which some people have called an anthem for humanity. 
So it's going to be really exciting having a whole room of people singing together at socially distanced ways with a limited number of people in the room. So singing isn't dangerous <laughs> and hopefully vaccinated people too. Cause I know the whole thing about singing in public has been one of the controversial things, but in, in a socially distanced, limited seating show, the joy of having some people <laughs> sing together and in essence, come together as community through music. Mm -hmm. So that's going to the show. Of course, the, the venue is wonderful. Tom is amazing. He creates such fantastic community. The food is great, as you said. It's the, the burn is just a wonderful place, and the room will be full of joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, given that it's been uh, about, uh, about, about a year and a half since you played live, is there any concern about any um, uh, ring rust, basically? Any concern about like getting like back like into the flow of playing live? Not really, because <clears throat> since, since I did have the opportunity to play in June at the Armory, um, I was a little one worried about what's it going to be like. But in a way, the live streams, even though the people aren't there, you know, I've been playing live, you know, two to four times, sometimes a week for the whole time. And having people there actually makes it easier because then you can see the the eyes and the body language and you can actually have more of a conversation so I'm not worried about that. The only part that's a little complicated is we're doing a rehearsal for the band actually next Thursday night. Um, but in the old world, when I played with people regularly, we were sort of in a groove. And now we're getting together for a rehearsal for a show, which is not the same as getting to play together regularly. So if there's any kind of rust, it's in people haven't been playing together, but everyone's a top-notch musician. So I have total confidence that the chemistry will just click and everyone will do what they do, and it will still be amazing. And you'd never know that we wouldn't have seen each other and played together for so long. Yeah. I think one of the hardest things for me, like, uh, when it comes to going out, is having to, like, relearn social interaction. Like, how do I have a conversation? How do I make, like, small talk? I've had to do this for... Um, uh, for so long, and usually it's with like a very, like, a very uh, like small group. So it's like, how do I do this stuff again? Yeah, well, I'm an introvert to start with, so you know that I'm not the kind of person that would have ever chosen a cocktail party as a fun time. You know, I, when I was younger and did that, when I had to do that, <clears throat> I'd go find the cat or the dog and hang out with the cat or the dog. That's my idea of how to me too. Weird, huh? <laughs> so, but the the thing about playing at a place like the Burren is that it's just a really comfortable place and people are warm and it's, it's just really nice to talk to people because usually they want to talk about the songs or the show or tell their stories. And in that sense, it's really nice. I think it would be very different if I was in a really large place, like a stadium that had 10,000 people where everyone would feel anonymous. And I couldn't make that kind of personal contact that I can in the intimate venues that singer songwriters get to play in. Is that like the best part for you when it comes to uh, playing live is to have that like face-to-face -face contact with all the fans? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's very enlivening because it's not like right now I've been playing in a vacuum and the good thing about playing on Facebook live or platforms like this is people can comment. And if people do comment, that sort of makes my day. Cause that's almost like having a person in the audience saying something um, but the difference is in a room with real people, people say stuff and everybody hears it, or I can talk to people directly, or I can acknowledge someone and give them, you know, some sort of shout out because they're in the room and you can't do it quite the same way 
when you're on some sort of device. Exactly, exactly. So let's dive more into the new album, Monuments of Love. It's your 10th <laughs> one, which is amazing, really, really amazing. Um, how would you, um, how are you able to stay creative during this time when so much of your life was just gone? Well, my, my, I can say, you know, my gift and my curse is I live from the heart. And when things touch me, that's often where songs come from. And a lot of things did touch me, you know, like the song for Bob DeChico. As soon as I heard the news, the song started to come. So there were a lot of moments like that and a lot of questions. Like this album is very much a pandemic album because a lot of the songs have pandemic themes. The title Monuments of Love and the title song that I wrote towards the beginning of the pandemic when I started to realize this wasn't going away anytime soon. So my question to myself was, what can we create during a pandemic? And the answer was the song, we can create monuments of love. And so that was really cool because it was a way of going from feeling shut down and stifled to transform into, wait a minute, it can still be a creative time. And there's a song called Chapter 2020. I don't remember exactly when the pandemic, but it was sort of like, it's sort of a little bit funny about our whole experience together in the pandemic hoping towards the end of 2020, we can close the chapter and move on to chapter 2021, not knowing that chapter 2020 was going to extend into 2021. Um, there's a song called, Is It Ever Too Soon to Say I Love You? And that came out of realizing, you know, there's a line, you know, cause you or I might die. We never know how long we have, you know? So that song was born of the reality of people lo losing loved ones, not getting to see each other. And realizing people are often afraid to be vulnerable and open up their hearts and show their tender parts. But if you don't do it, you don't know when you're going to be able to do it. There is something, a song called Watch Over Me, which is an upbeat song with, with banjo and harmonica, which is some people called it a pandemic spiritual, you know, a song called All One Human Race, which was looking at all the, the political unrest and gun violence that we were living through with George Floyd. You know, I wrote that after the George Floyd killing. Um, so, you know, there, there's a song called Kindness, which is a quality that I thought we needed so much more of during the pandemic. So, you know, I'm not going to name every single song. I've named a lot of them. But, the, you know, each song was born of some experience from the pandemic. There's one really fun song called Noah Corgi is the Boy from Ipanema. I want to ask about that because I saw that on, 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 on the list. I thought, of course, of course, her dog is on the album. Noah Corky had to be on the album because, well, I walk him a lot. Anyhow, he gets two walks a day. In the pandemic, walking the dog became like an exciting activity. <laughs> <laughs> so Noah Corgi was one of my companions during the pandemic, and he's paid tribute to with his own song. Is this the first time you've uh, you've uh, um, had your dog on the album on like on like um, any album? Yeah, it's the first time Noah Corgi's been on an album, but actually I've written songs for some of my other my other um, animals too. There's a song on the piano, which is my first of the two 2020 albums called Angel that I wrote as my beautiful Siamese boy cat was dying. There's a song called Forever Home Lullaby, which I wrote from the point of view of a shelter animal for a benefit for Buddy Dog Humane Society. And on... Um, Songs at the Heart of Life, there's a song called The Purring of Her Heart that I wrote for my kitty, Angelica Kitten, who I was lucky enough to adopt from Buddy Dog right before the pandemic shut the world down. I used to go to Buddy Dog every four to six weeks to visit the cats and dogs, and I had no idea when I was in there at the end of January, I think it was January 31st, that 
you know, when I came back to get Angelica, that would be the last time I'd set my foot in Buddy Dog for God knows how long because I haven't been able to go back in because of the pandemic. So anyhow, she was purring. She literally jumped into my arms and she fell asleep on my heart for an hour and a half. I couldn't get up off the floor because she was just purring in a sleep. And people kept coming by saying, you're going to take that cat home. And I hadn't come expecting to get a kitten, but she chose me. And when I took her to the vet for her first vet appointment, she was purring so loud that the vet couldn't hear her. The doctor couldn't hear her heart over the purring. So he actually said, could you find a way to stop her from purring all the time? I want to hear the beat of her heart. His lyrics are literally emboldened in, in his words or the lyrics of the song. And I, I told him, doctor, that, you know, you, you have to understand that the purring is, you know, the rhythm of her heart. So it was a very cute moment that became a song and it's on songs at the heart of life. So long and short of it is my animals often do inspire music. <laughs> um, do they also help you to kind of deal with any feelings of isolation or loneliness? Absolutely. Yes. They're wonderful for that. And I call them my angels and they definitely help. And whether like Grace, my music director, she'll, she may here, Gracie, come here. She's with me all the time when I do anything related to music. She's a buddy dog rescue who I got in 2017. She's a tortoiseshell. Gracie, you want to make an appearance? She makes regular appearances on my live streams. Here she is. She came over. This is Aww. great. This is my music director. Aww. <laughs> all my live streams. She even decided to come over to make an appearance now. Nice. She's on top of the piano to supervise me. And so anyhow, that kind of companionship is really sweet. And they, they, you know, some of them sleep on top of me and curl up with me. And they're also wonderful. And my other work, I'm a, a body psychotherapist. My clients love when my, my animals appear. It sort of makes their day and they look forward to it as well. And I've had more conversations than you can imagine about how if they don't have an animal, it would be wonderful if they got themselves one. Because many people do feel isolated and lonely. And it makes all the difference in the world to have at least one four-legged around to just be there with unconditional love and companionship. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now, uh, talking about what you write about in uh, the new album, um, it sounded like you were more or less just like just like unloading everything that you're feeling and experiencing and seeing, did this kind of help as well? Like it is, I guess I'm wondering, did this sort of act as a kind of, uh, as a kind of a therapy for you? Well, a way I would put it is that music transmutes pain into gold. And so like when Bob went into the ICU onto a ventilator, that just blew my circuits. You know, he'd, he'd actually been at my house at my last music salon in February before I had to stop doing them. So that was a, that song felt like not only was it therapy for me, but I felt like it was, it was really a way to try to engage people in, in supporting him. So, you know, sometimes it's personal therapy, but sometimes it's more collective therapy. So it's, it, you know, a lot of the songs are more than just about me. Okay. Okay. So now that things like, you know, shows can resume, we're seeing people announcing tours and festivals, are you making any plans for the future or is it still too kind of up in the air? It's still too up in the air for me. 
I, you know, I don't feel comfortable putting a whole schedule together. I have a handful of things. For example, this is funny. Rhode Island Folk Festival just mentioned me in their story at this very moment. And it came across my phone, but I'm going to be playing the Rhode Island Folk Festival at the end of August. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, there's a, a wonderful conference that I've been part of um, every for years. Uh, I started a jazz cafe and not only do I play, but I also invite people from the conference to play. And Cece Eberly has been doing it with me for a, a few years. She's a wonderful singer-songwriter friend of mine. So I got a letter yesterday inviting us to come back. And we played music at their cocktail hour. And then we do the Jazz Cafe where we perform. And then we get other people performing. That's for January 2022. So I took that gig, hoping... It, hoping that it will be safe by then. But in addition to that, you know, it's something I love and I've missed doing because clearly it couldn't happen in 2020 or 2021 because of the pandemic. So I haven't really done a whole lot about trying to get live gigs just because I don't think we're out of the pandemic. And the second piece is that um, Delta is, is, is starting to surge. The one thing I am doing is um, I was, I, I both play in and also help run something called The Loop at the Armory. It's a singer-songwriter series. And my friend John Mark had started it. And when he moved to Florida, he passed it on to me and my friend Rick Drost and John O'Leary, two other singer-songwriters. They sometimes will, will put it together and host it. But the Armory contacted me and said, would you like to put it back together again? So in September, we're actually going to do a, a, one of the singer-songwriter series, The Loop at the Armory. So I'll be playing and three other singer-songwriters and we're planning to, to do it once a month. I'm just crossing my fingers that we can really do it because as Delta starts to go up, I just don't know what it's going to look like. You know, I, it's possible we could go into another lockdown. So that I can, that's sort of like a light optimistic way of starting to book something because it it's something that hopefully will continue. And if, if we have to put it on pause again, we put it on pause again. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like, as hopeful as I am that we're seeing everything, you know, go back to, you know, normal as, as normal as everything gets. Um, I am also leery about it because like, yeah, um, like you said, the, uh, the cases are continuing to rise. Um, yeah. the, uh, and I think it's something like 83% of this is, uh, the Delta variant. So I'm very cognizant that, you know, we could, you know, ho hopefully we won't see another, another lockdown, but you just never know. And I think it's almost yeah. like, it's it's almost like irresponsible to be like, okay, it's all over now. Everything, you know, you know, right. you know, back's normal. Right. Unfortunately, I know people who are vaccinated who got Delta. Yeah, exactly. And it can happen. you know, that's why I'm starting to say, you know what? This is this is definitely not over. One of my closest friends was up in Vermont visiting a friend um, in Vermont. They were both vaccinated. First, her friend didn't feel so good. Then my friend didn't feel so good. Delta, you know, so, and I, I have a client who's involved in the travel industry who helps entertainers travel and a group of her entertainers went to London to do a show. Little surprise, they all got Delta, you know, end of the show. So uh, there are many more stories of people I'm encountering who are va fully vaccinated and they're not doing anything risky, but they're still getting Delta. So, exactly. so yeah, I, I don't want to put lots of stuff in motion that could end up being canceled. And likewise, I don't particularly want to put myself or anyone else at risk. So I'm keeping up my Sunday night live stream and there's a Tuesday night live stream. And 
through the Music Salon, which is my real live house concert, um, I have a page on Facebook called The Music Salon. And I started a series during the pandemic called The Music Salon Live, where a whole bunch of singer-songwriters over a course of three hours do sets of music. And people have clamored to do it. People want to perform any way they can. So, you know, I'm planning to keep that going. And likewise, we started something called Music Salon Song Swap, where members of the group cover another person's songs, like two people swap songs and like I cover one person, they cover me and people get to do that. And we did our first run of that last month and people loved it and asked to do it again. So we're going to do it again in August. So I'm trying my best to create safe ways to build musical community and play and do it in ways that we don't have to cancel with Delta, that don't people put people at risk and make them feel like I can't go there. And so I think I'm going to have like a hybrid model to use a tech, you know, a term that everybody's been using. If I feel like there's a venue that's safe and that is meaningful, I'll say yes to the gig. But beyond that, I'm going to keep doing virtual gigs because it's a way to still reach people and do music. There you go. There you go. Well, Linda, it is wonderful to be uh, talking to you again. Very happy to hear about all uh, all of the good news with the the CD releases and the new show. But one more time. Give us all the all, uh, all the yep. details for the August 1st show. Thank you so much, Max, and I really appreciate your support. So Sunday, August 1st at 7 p.m. at the Burren in Davis Square in Somerville, we will have a triple release show where my two 2020 albums, The Piano and Songs at the Heart of Life, I'll be playing from both of them and from Monuments of Love, my brand new album, which the physical album is going to be available and released August 1st at the show. Tickets are available on the, the Burren website, and please come along. And if you don't feel safe, buy a ticket anyhow just to support the venue and the musicians. And in fact, if you buy a ticket and you don't feel safe to come into the venue because of COVID, pop me an email, and I will gladly give you the gift of an album as a thank you for buying a ticket. Ooh, very cool. Very cool. And uh, where do folks go to learn uh, more about you and to, and to, uh, to check your music out? Okay. My music is on every platform on the web. So, you know, just look at Linda Marks. I have, I think nine of my 10 albums are there. Cause the first one I did when I was like 21 and that was before CDs and be certainly before Spotify. So most of them are there. And my website is lindamarksmusic.com. I have uh, a Linda Marks Music Facebook page. I'm on every. I'm on all the socials. I'm on LSM Hard on Instagram and Twitter. So you can find me pretty easily. So excellent, excellent. Well, Linda, once again, thank you so much. It's good to hear that you're going to be uh, back on stage, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it really soon. Thank you so much, Max, and thanks for all you do to support the arts community. Hey, happy to help. Take care. Take care. Okay, folks, that is going to bring uh, uh, bring uh, the live stream uh, to a close. Hopefully, we'll be doing more of, the, of these uh, down the road. Of course, if you want to uh, get at me, it is uh, citywidemax at yahoo.com. Of course, citywidemax on Instagram and Twitter, citywideblackout on, on uh, Facebook. And likewise, the podcast is available on every platform that you get your podcasts at. See you next time. Hi, this is singer Kate Eppers, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout. Okay, everyone, it's music time. Kick back, relax, and enjoy the song Prayers off of Linda Marks' new album, Monuments of Love. When we come back, I'm once again chatting with Daniel Promotes. 
we look at projects he has underway, including working with ambitious writers, his new music, and a whole lot more. Picture this. You finished your first book and nailed it. The plot, the characters, all the twists and turns. This one's a winner, and all you need is the right cover. If you've got my art skills, this is the part where panic usually sets in. Enter the cover villain, hero to writers everywhere. Founded by noted author Remy Flagg, cover villain focuses on composite image covers for science fiction and fantasy writers. Give them the details and they'll craft a cover using popular trends that everyone will want to see. But wait, you say, I've got ideas of my own. No problem, as Cover Villain loves a good collaboration. As they say, our goal is to put a little villain in every cover we make. Want to know more? Then head to CoverVillain.com 
and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, yeah. Once again, of course, joining me to talk about new music, new work in his promotion work, and a whole lot more. Dan, welcome back, dude. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me, Max. I'm excited to be back. Thank you. All right. So let's, I want to actually dive into, of course, where we are now. Um, things are starting to lessen in terms of the pandemic. We're seeing shows being announced for the summer and the fall. What I want to ask you is what do you, what are some of your plans now that you can actually make plans and actually like plan events? Oh man, it's, it's definitely taking off. It's a go. Um, you know, I'm a part of Ambitious Writers, which is the record label my big bro with Cell Music founded. Um, and he's been touring the world, so I'm joining him for that. You know, I'm vaccinated, I'm I'm good, and um working on my music and, and promoting um his new record. So he got a record called Metele, and it's an international Latin record, and it's like taking off. It's like when I'm telling you it's taking off. I'll be in LA in in a couple of weeks. And then really? after that, I'll yeah, yes, and then after that, after that, this is I'll listen, I'm I'm not bluffing. I'll be in LA after that and then we're talking about going to London like cuz he's performing these records, you know, and I'm I'm part of of you know, he 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 put me on. So, you know, and I kept and I stayed loyal and I told him, man, I'm 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 going to ride with you and I'm going to ride for you. Listen, when we went, when we met Chris Gotti, I stayed quiet, and all I did was watch his back. Look what that did. There you go, man. So, there you go. So, so uh, talking about working with ambitious writers. So what happened was I was, um, you know, I promote artists, I promote businesses, and um, Wassell had connected with me through Instagram. That's how we connected. And um, he he um, has a porcelain business. And I promoted his porcelain shop. And then he was like, oh, I make music. And, you know, I was like, oh, I make music too. I love music. And I promote artists. So he sent me his music. And I just started promoting it. But little did I know, this guy was already, like, connected on a on a on a way bigger scale that I could ever imagine. So the first thing that happened was he had a, a show in New York and he was opening up for Corey Guns. You know who Corey Guns is, a world-famous rapper. And he calls me, he's like, hey, man, um, I'm going to fly you to New York. I want you to come down, promote, da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, cool. Dude sent me the money. Like, I didn't even ask for it. He sent me the money, even sent me spending money. And presidential grown, you know, Prezi, right? Prezi, Prezi was the one who went down there with me. So we went down in New York and we promote, we met Corey Guns. And, it, you know, that's when we first met. And, and then he flew me out again when to meet Chris Gotti. And ever since then, I've just been promoting and working with him. And um, again, like I didn't know. And not to say that if I knew, oh, I would know. It, it was just like, in my heart, I like I really like grew to love his music. And then he became almost like a big brother to me, you know, and that's like our relationship. He is really my big brother because he's done a lot for me and put me in a position where I can do whatever I want. Nice, man. Nice. 
So we're uh, working with ambitious writers. Are you like an an artist with the group? Do you just work on yes. promoting the shows too? So the beauty about ambitious writers is that everybody has their own dim- dimensions. Um, this Chico V, amazing artist. That's also my big bro. I love Chico V. We have um other members that I have yet to met, but we all bring different dimensions. Like yes, I'm an artist. Like my rap. My rap, like like Daniel promotes rapping. He's ambitious writers, but I promote. You know me. I do promotion. I promote businesses, and that's a way that I promote my music by promoting other businesses, and it helps me promote my music. So that's how it works, and I think it makes sense. Yeah, you know, I have a lot. I have a lot of people that that I work with. Truel, you've had Truel on the show before. Um, he's one of the biggest artists in Boston history. One of the, probably one of the top five biggest artists. And, you know, I've, I've had a close relationship with him, you know, so I've, I've been busy, Max, and I've been blessed, man. And, and I just, I'm just thankful, man. Yeah, thankful. Definitely. Definitely. And actually I know Truel recently put out his autobiography a little while ago. Yeah. Um, Truel's busy, man. He's on TV shows. He's, man, he's an inspiration. And I, I truly have a lot of respect and admiration for him. I, Man, he, he taught me a lot, Max. There's a lot of things that he taught me that I've applied to my career and life. All right. So we talked earlier about uh, touring with ambitious writers. You're looking to go to LA yeah. pretty soon. They're talking about going to London. Where else is the group looking to do? The thing is, Wassel's an international artist, and he's becoming a superstar. Like, Wassel Music is becoming a superstar, you know, and... My focus is promoting and pushing that and, and, and being that, you know, that, that force behind the force. You know what I mean? Because I already know that hit record, Metele, is going to take off. And there's going to be a remix to that. And I most likely might be on it. And then I'll blow up, you know, um, in rap and music. Because I've yet to blown up, Max. I've, I've been busy. I'm in the industry Everybody knows I'm 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 him. I'm that guy. But I haven't blown up yet because I haven't made that one hit record or appeared on that one hit record. And once that happens, it's 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 a different type of story. How will you know when you've blown up? I want my music on all major platforms. When I meet like MTV, VH1, MTV, Oxygen, I want to be able to turn on the TV cable and see my face on the screen. That's when I know, okay, I, I'm, I'm really blowing up. Um, obviously money, you know, having, you know, more access to money, but it's crazy because I'm really like, I'm so thankful to God for everything I have. I have a lot, Max, a lot. And God blessed me with a lot. So, you know, yeah, when I see my face on TV. Which I already do because I'm on TV in Boston everywhere. So I don't know. Maybe I am blown up. Yeah. Maybe I am blown up. I don't know. It's Who a start. Knows? It's a start. How do you get known outside of Boston, though? You're already like pretty well known there. You seem to know a lot of different musicians and producers. But how do you break out of the city? Well, part of that was um, I was casted on a TV show called ATL in 60 Seconds. In 2018, so I moved to Atlanta, and I moved um, with my little sister, Anais. That's who I, who I moved in with. 
and I was on a TV show, she would take me on set every day. I did about eight episodes. I was there, I was there about six, eight months. Um, and I met a lot of people. I met Trey Young. I met the whole Atlanta Hawks uh, uh, roster that year. He was a rookie then. Um, I met some of Grand Hustle, T.I.'s people. Um, T.I. even sent me a shout out on Twitter. This is all true facts. I, I have no reason to lie. Um, I did a lot. And another thing is I, I traveled, you know. I was in Detroit for a while. Um, my man Flat Flat out in Detroit. Um, he's um, a movie director, artist, movie star. The dude's a tre- tremendous actor. You have to check him out. Flat Flat. F-L-A-A-T. F-L-A-A-T. Flat Flat. I'm definitely going to connect y'all. Um, so I just move around, Max. I go places like. Like I like you know I'm known for taking a flight and appearing somewhere, and 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 meeting a Rick Ross and 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 meeting different people. Um, you know, so I I believe it's just that. Like I just travel around, I move around, and I stay busy. And I'm polite and respectful. I respect people, Max. I'm very very polite. And that definitely makes the difference. You know, I think people kind of remember the jerks very well. They remember the folks who were difficult, rude, and so forth. So I definitely agree with that. Being polite, being respectful. Makes it stand out a lot too, but in a very good way. Let's talk a bit about uh, let's talk a bit about the show you were on in Atlanta because I didn't actually I didn't actually know that part. So that's that that's um uh, really cool. What'd you do for that show? So I was a, a food reporter. So I would go around the restaurants in Atlanta and I would I would report about the food. Um, there was um a few restaurants I did in Harbor Creek, um. I did one one coverage of food stands um, um, over there at the at the I think it's the Mercedes Benz Center. They had just opened it with the Atlanta Hawks play, um, and um, I was just reporting on different foods and everything. And then I started I kept I started reporting businesses. So 2018 when I went there, I wasn't Daniel Promotes yet. I was still bad. That's what um, got me casted. Um, Miss Anita, that, that, that's her name. Um, she she's a, the the creator of the show, um, and she knows Mona Scott. She's worked with a lot of people, heavyweights in the game. She saw one of my videos and she emailed me and she was like, "Hey, you should come down to Atlanta area and everything." And you know what? I I took the risk and I I, I cashed out my last I, whatever and I and I went down there and I and I did it. Um, but um, that was an experience, man. That, that really taught me a lot. And I met a lot of great people um, in Atlanta. That's cool, man. Do you think you might want to continue working in television, you know, given your experience yes. down there? Yes. That's something that I want to, that um, I'm going to talk to you about a lot because um, I think we can do it. I've been on TV. You've been on TV. Why not? I think it's doable. Like, I really want to have like a, like a network, you know, and, and give also a platform um, for other like-minded people like us that are into journalism that they don't know how to promote. They, they don't have the opportunities and maybe we can help them out with that. Yeah, I yeah. definitely want to, I'm, I'm all in on the TV thing. It's very cool, man. Very cool. Uh, let's go back a bit to what can happen now for you. We talked about ambitious writers, but, mm-hmm. um, What's it like just knowing that it's possible to do things like go on tour, plan shows, see people? 
I seen it coming from the from like from when I was younger, Max. I seen it coming. And I always had positive reinforcement from my mother. My mom, my mom is my everything. And um I've been through it, Max. I I've I've stared at the abyss. I've been in hell a couple times. Nothing happened. I came out unscathed. Look at me. I you won't see me scratched up or, or anything. You see me healthy. I look good. Um I'm just blessed, man. Bless. Yeah, definitely. It's actually been really cool seeing all the folks posting about, oh, we're we're doing these shows in the summertime. We're planning our fall tour. It's kind of cool to see over the past year and a half. How have people done with that? I um, I really want to say this. This is something I did really want to talk to you about. I want to credit everybody for trying. At least they're trying. And that's all I can say about the Boston hip hop, um, I guess, scene. Everybody's trying. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The people you've been talking to, though, have they weathered the last year and a half well, musically speaking? Have they been able to keep like active and productive and like making new stuff? Um, there's a few artists. Exit Fame, that's one of one artist. I want you to check them out. Young Dude, awesome. Um, Truel, obviously. Um, Smoke Bolger, that's big bro, the big homie. That's he's still doing his thing. MMG, he's he's over there with Rick Ross doing big things. Um, I think for like artists from my region, from where I'm from, I think we've done fine. You know, at the end of the day, if you really want this, and you and you really really want this, you're gonna make. You're going to do everything possible, whether it's working three jobs just to make sure you have that extra capital to move around. Because the age. All right. So the pandemic kind of brought us back to back in the day when the Internet age started. Everybody was at home. You notice how it happened for like a whole year. Everybody had to be home. So it's like you couldn't be around nothing you had to like work the internet game you had to work the, the stay at home game you know so a lot of um it helped a lot of artists put their their thing their stuff together you know so but you have to go out to legitimate places and you have to work with legitimate legitimate people um at the end of the day it's a business so and i don't really have much exposure to like the local boston um hip-hop scene like, I'm like 10 years past that, you know, so I, I no disrespect. I just, just I'm not going to do open mics. And yeah. no, 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 man, I you got to eventually move on. I think you, I think that you can't do the same thing forever because that's how you that's how you stagnate and get kind of stuck, basically. So it's important to kind of branch out and do new things. But just talking about what folks have been doing during the last year and a half, I have been personally amazed at how many folks have put out albums they put out books. They put out comics. They have been just keeping them productive. Oh yeah, and kind of making the use of the free time. The creatives, the creatives is amazing. I thought you meant just the music, like the rappers. No, the creatives overall. Um, we're in a renaissance age. If you think about it, people got an opportunity to like really hone in, and you're really finding out who who really has the substance. Yeah, because you can ramble a whole you can ramble a whole bunch of stuff, but what is you saying? What is what effect is that having on yeah. the mass 
I think it's I think it's kind of like in two categories. Either you kind of handled it well and you're able to, you know, cope with the stress and move past it and focus on the work, or you just basically spent the last year and a half on Facebook saying a whole lot of stuff but not actually getting Which most people did. Which most people did. Which most people did. And and we like to call that like the youngins call it um cat. Cap means when it's just a whole lot of nothing. Like you say, yeah, I'm gonna um, change my life. I'm not, I'm gonna quit smoking, but the next ten days you smoke eight thousand cigarettes a day. You know what I mean? Like it's all cap. But I've learned, Max. Personally, I've learned that the majority of the world is cap, and there's a reason why there's a small percentage that are the trillionaires, billionaires. And I'm not saying the money's everything. I'm just looking at like numbers and stuff. Like there's a reason for that. Like, there's a reason why so few people make it through the cracks. Why? Think about it. Me and you have been doing our respective things for how many years now? And innovating and, and changing ourselves and, and, and adapting. And, and man, we should pat ourselves on the back. Man. <laughs> yes, you, you deserve it. Exactly, exactly. So what is next for you musically? Just working on, on this new album. Um, I don't have a title to it yet because it's brand new. I'm, I'm, I have a lot of music to it. I've been recording a lot um, and just focusing on on myself, you know, my my music. And and, and my, it's crazy. I've promoted so many artists, but I've never actually like, wow, since I really started. Like when I really started, Max, like 14, 15 years ago, I was, you know, bad, bad block ink. And then I went into this, you know, I started helping other artists out and then eventually I became Daniel Promotes. So it's crazy because I'm really known for promoting. But now people are like, you rap too? You make music? And then when they start looking me up, they're like, you have how many albums out? I have a lot of albums out and mixtapes, videos. Um, I've rapped on TV in Spanish and English. Um, you know, so... You know, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm having fun with it, you know, but I'm definitely aiming for the end of the year to, to really drop a real album. Like I'm really going to go in end of the year. So right now I'm just promoting. Like I said, this is my comeback interview. You're my first interview in the media press. You know, pandemic is over. I'm vaccinated. It's, it's time to go. Time to get busy. Exactly. Exactly. Now, of course, uh, last time we had you on the show, we talked a lot about your work promoting businesses. That that was uh, that's certainly a um, a big part of your uh, work too. Is that picking up steam net and, uh, now that you know things are fully reopened and folks can go out more? Yeah, that's um uh, really picking up steam. I am um, just connected with a, a gentleman by the name of Tyler Frazier um, from BMG Realty. So this guy's a real estate agent. He's Man, I'm going to send you his info, man. You should see his site. His website's amazing, man. But I'm Tyler Frazier, BMG Realty. If you're, if you're looking to buy a home, talk to him because this guy, this guy's that guy. So, again, I'm always promoting businesses as as I just did. Um, so that's that's my bread and butter. I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. It really is. So I've, I've connected with him, Tyler Frazier. Shout out to him. But, um, yeah, just working businesses and and. And then the music is always, but it's time to focus on me. I have art, art, other artists that I'm promoting, and, and I'm always going to be a supporting, supportive force. But Max, it's my time, man. 
Exactly. It's my time. Yeah, exactly. It's my time. I, I gotta. It's my time to. Gotta be selfish. Yeah, I gotta make every the whole pie is mine. Yeah, there and you sharing. go. Uh, going back a bit to the new album, what new directions do you think you're gonna be going in? Um, definitely more positive, more positive, and um, I I wanna I wanna talk to these kids more. Um, because I need to hear from somebody else that, that that grew up in the streets, been through it all. But nah, I'll, I'll go work for mines. Before I rob a steal, I work thing at night. That's how my mama raised me. Work for what you you desire and do right and pray. I pray a lot, Max. I pray a lot. Like I pr- not that I'm all religious and everything, but I pray a lot. And I'm not perfect. I'm very imperfect, but I pray a lot. I pray a lot. There you go, man. There you go. All right, Dan. Well, once again, man, as always, great to have you back here. Excited to hear about what's going to be coming down the road for you. But where do folks go to learn more about you and to follow your work? Well, just Google Daniel Promotes. You will find all my interviews, interviews with you. Um, you know, we've had a lot of interviews. Um, just Google Daniel Promotes. You'll find everything. Get on YouTube, Daniel Promotes. Daniel promotes. That's all they got to do. If they want to find me, contact me, want to work, want to just say hi, whatever, write me a letter. I, I read a lot of fan mail too. I got a lot of uh, mail sent to me. Nice, nice. Very cool. Well, man, looking forward to what's uh, um, uh, coming next and uh, have fun on tour. Definitely. Thank you so much, big bro. You take care now. We'll talk later. Sounds good, man. And that brings this episode to a close. Big thanks to Linda and Daniel for joining me. And don't forget to follow the show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Listen to the show wherever you find podcasts. And if you want to get at me, it's citywidemax at yahoo.com. As always, keep those ears open.